If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. If you followed this program for any length of time, whenever I talk about my own political journey, so much of that deals with being turned off by both major parties and uh, turned off by the polarization between the two parties. It seems like there are too many aspects where the big parties cooperate with one another to suppress voices of dissent, and it seems there's too many common-sense issues in which the major parties just don't cooperate with one another, even though there's broad consensus on how to improve people's lives. And that's one of the reasons that I've been drawn, uh, at least for the last decade or so, to a group called No Labels. And that label, that title, is pretty much exactly what this group is about. They don't take a left-wing approach. They don't take a right-wing approach. They take a common-sense approach to improving government and to getting people to govern as as Americans, not Democrats, not as Republicans. But until now, they haven't necessarily seemed that eager to push for a third-party or independent option in any races. And yet now, It's being reported that there is a petition being circulated in various states around the country to perhaps offer voters that don't want a left-wing choice or a right-wing choice a third choice. So I thought we'd figure out what this is all about, and uh, we are lucky enough to be joined in studio by Ryan Clancy. Ryan Clancy is an experienced veteran when it comes to speech writing, when it comes to communication strategy, and these days he's the chief strategist for No Labels. Ryan, it's great to meet you in person. Thanks for having me, Frank. Ryan, before we talk about what you're doing now, uh, this might be the first time that some people are hearing about No Labels. Explain to folks what it is, what's the basis for it, how did it get started, what's it done over the last Sure. Decade? So No Labels has been around for over a decade now and um, started kind of right when the Tea Party wave was cresting. Some people remember that. Um, when we first kind of had this inkling that our politics was starting to get off kilter, and it was a very simple mission, just to bring our parties together to solve big problems. Uh, and we've been at that for the better part of a decade, mostly through Congress, though, as you noted at, at the top, we're maybe uh, pointing our ambitions a little higher if we need to. Let's talk about what's happened with Congress. Uh, yeah. They have – you guys have been the impetus for something called the Problem Solvers Caucus. Sure. I've known a lot of members, Democrat and Republican, that have been part of this caucus. Some people believe this is the only thing standing between Washington and total insanity, depending on which party's They're in power. Right. Uh, other people have been a little disappointed at the uh, ability of the, uh, the Problem Solver yep. Caucus to actually solve problems. Explain to folks what the Problem Solver Caucus is, what that's all about. So the idea is really simple. We, about a decade ago, we looked up at the Hill, Capitol Hill, and asked, well, how is it that 
power actually gets exercised up here. And what we noticed is that the fringes were both very organized. So the left-wing people, they got this progressive caucus. And the Tea Party folks, they had this thing that became known as the Freedom Caucus. And that's really how they exert influence. Uh, They get organized. They kind of vote together. They work together. Nobody had organized anybody in between them. We came along, organized this group called the Problem Solvers, and eventually did something very similar in the Senate. One of the things that uh, people like Ralph Nader have pointed out on this program is that there are a lot of areas where people on the far left find themselves in agreement with people on the far right. Uh, Sometimes it's with respect to civil liberties and warrantless wiretapping. Sometimes it's with with respect to trade issues like NAFTA. Other times it's uh, with respect to uh, foreign intervention in places like the Middle East. Where does no labels that kind of charts a very centrist point? path. Where do they come in when it comes to issues that far left and far right might agree upon? So we haven't tended to put a stake in the ground around a particular policy outcome. What we try to do is get the process right and the politics right. So let let me explain that. When we got together this problem solvers group, one of the things that just shocked me is that members in Congress have absolutely no relationships with anyone in the other party. So we'd get to talking to them and they'd say, hey, when you come into Congress and it's your first week, it's like orientation, there's a Republican bus, there's a Democratic bus, there's Republican events, there's Democratic events. And nobody ever builds a relationship. And then it all of a sudden the light goes on for you. How do you think these people who don't know each other, like each other, have no relationships or trust one another? You think that you're going to throw them in a room and say, All right, guys, now go fix immigration. That's never going to happen until they start to build relationships. So that's what we started to do early on. And the other thing we did is we got very active fundraising for members, particularly to help them out in their primaries, because that's often um, the toughest thing for a lot of these members is even though a vast majority of the public, they want leaders to work across the aisle to solve problems, in like eight out of ten house races, certainly most every race here in New York, it's the prime. The primary is the only election that really matters because mm, well, districts are pretty red or pretty blue. Well, the, the, we actually have an unusual number of competitive general elections this year because of the decision striking down these gerrymandered yeah. lines, which is, I know, a big issue with no labels. You talk about reforming the process. Gerrymandering is a big part of that. What have been the other sort of process improvement aspects of the no labels agenda? Um, I mean, we, we did some things um, – really early on um, just to kind of reform congressional rules and how they got different kind of legislation on the table, make it easier to get bipartisan ideas uh, put forward. But really, it was in these last two years, ironically, as dysfunctional as Washington has been, when you think about the achievements that have actually gotten done on a bipartisan basis that matter, and I'm thinking in particular like the bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed last year, the big semiconductor bill that passed earlier this year. There was the first gun safety bill in 30 years. And now um, Senators Joe Manchin and Susan Collins are working on this thing called the Electoral Count Act reform. Very obscure, but pretty important in that it tries to resolve some of this ambiguity that made January 6th possible in terms of the role of the vice president and Congress and how they count electoral votes. All of those... um, solutions I just told you about. That's all our people. Uh, We've worked relentlessly to support them. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of them, the people who voted for it, uh, particularly on the Republican side, have already lost primaries. 
in no small part because they were willing to work with Democrats. You know, that was that's such a frustrating aspect of politics. And when Biden was running, when Beto O'Rourke was running for president, they would be criticized every time that they said something nice about a Republican. We saw what happened with uh, Chris Christie with his embrace of uh, President Obama. And we forget about the fact that he was trying to deal with a you know, once in a generation, once in five generation style hurricane. And that was uh, probably the best way to deal with it. The fact that these guys got attacked, not from the other side, but from their own side, yeah. not for anything substantive, but for something so superficial as being willing to be friends with someone from the other party. It really makes you realize how dysfunctional our, our parties are. You alluded to the fact that um, fundraising is important for members of Congress who are willing to work across the, uh, the, other, the other side of the aisle. Uh, leads me to my next question about no labels. There's going to be a lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans that are skeptical of no labels in general, and especially what you guys are doing now. Yep. No labels has a great website. I've been a, a donor to no labels over the years. I think I still give five dollars a month or whatever it is. What? Um, where does the bulk of the no labels? funding come from? There's yeah. some very seasoned professionals like you, sure. great website, great email list. Where does the bulk of the money come from? It's all individuals from across the country. Um, almost none of the funding is corporate. We're not a special interest group. If you you know, think you're going to come to no labels and um, kind of get special interest benefits for being a part of it, you're not. Um, the people that are here that are a part of it, that fund it, it's for one reason and one reason only. Um, and that's to, you know, put the interest of the country first. Some of the bold-faced names that have embraced no labels publicly, uh, some really interesting folks, left, right, and center. Who are some of the folks that our listeners might be familiar with that are part of no labels? Well, when we say part of no labels, there's a crucial distinction, which is no labels is we're a nonprofit group. Um, well, then we have congressional allies who we work very closely with, and but, you know, we're separate entities. The members of Congress you'd be most familiar with would be senators like Joe Manchin, Susan Collins, Todd Young, Bill Cassidy uh, in the House. Uh, the co-chairs of the caucus, uh, the Problem Solvers Caucus, are actually Josh Gottheimer, who um, is from the 5th District in New Jersey, mm-hmm. right across the river here, very close to the city. And a guy named Brian Fitzpatrick on the Republican side uh, is the Republican co-chair. And I know uh, past members of the Senate, past members of Congress like Joe Lieberman, Evan Bayh, uh, they've been they've been very involved. So, yeah, right? our, our national co-chairs are former Senator uh, Senator Lieberman uh, and actually uh, Larry Hogan, who's the governor of Maryland. And, currently. Uh, so Republican and a Democrat yes. uh, who have some national stature. OK, this is pretty exciting. I think what you guys are doing now, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Ryan Clancy. He's the tre- chief strategist for No Labels. For the last decade or so, they've been a nonpartisan, non-governmental uh, uh, group that has been trying to make government work again. Well, next year, or I guess two years from now, technically, they are potentially in a role to redefine politics as we know it. There was an article in the New York Times, column by David Brooks, that basically says you guys are beginning the process of putting a presidential candidate on the ballot. Before we get into the who and the how, why? Why are you uh, making this effort, which is Herculean, one of the most difficult efforts in the Western world in terms of ballot access? Why are you making this effort to get an independent candidate on the ballot? Well, so it's really simple, and it's important to make a distinction. Um, What we're doing is creating the space for an independent candidate to run 
if and only if it's needed. So about a year ago, we just started looking over the horizon. And as we were talking about earlier, we've spent all our time working in Congress for the last decade. Uh, But it's not hard to look at what's going on in both parties and imagining a scenario where 18 months from now, it's the spring of 2024, and both parties put forward candidates that are so divisive that tens of millions of people all across the country go, I can't do this. I can't do the least bad options. Somebody has got to give me another choice. Well, if that's where the public is at, if somebody hasn't done the groundwork to actually get a line on the ballot where you can run, then it's too late. So we started the work of doing that. Um, So we are actually on the ground in states right now getting something called ballot access. Um, We can talk about what that means, but it's, it's making sure that when people go to vote in 24, it'll say Democrat, Republican, and then there'll be a line for no labels, potentially so, for a candidate. Let's say either the Republicans or the Democrats do put forward a candidate that uh, you find acceptable. You sure. being no, not Ryan Clancy, but no yeah. labels. Larry Hogan's certainly been talked about from time to time as a presidential candidate. Yeah. Would that mean that there would be no no labels option for the presidency? Correct. Yeah. So because the way ballot access works is when you got to get on the ballot in any state. You're actually getting on the federal ballot. So you can run candidates for president, Senate, House, if you want. Um, So in that case, we just wouldn't look to fill the line. Uh, We we have no interest at all. No one wants to be a part of an effort that is like a no offense to Ralph Nader. Um, He's a great guy. But um, a spoiler effort. Um, We don't want to get involved um, just uh, to do some kind of vanity effort um, with the the greatest possibility being we're just going to throw – the race to one of the major party candidates or another. So let's talk about that, because when I spoke about your efforts on the radio, I got calls from the left and the right concerned about just such an eventuality. Right. Um, A lot of Republicans blame Ross Perot for costing uh, George Bush the election in 1992. A lot of Democrats blame Ralph Nader for costing, uh, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton, the excuse me, uh, Al Gore, the election in 2000. Some people even blame Jill Stein for helping cost Hillary Clinton the election in 2016. If you're running a candidate that is on the ballot in swing states, places like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, you know the list, how do you prevent the no-labels candidate from – I hate even using the term because I don't give a lot of validity to the whole idea, but our listeners do. How do you prevent the no-labels candidate from playing spoiler? Well, the first thing is if it really looks like it's going to be a spoiler effort. Like you, you, polls are not gospel. You can never know out of the gate how things are going to go. But you have a, re- a reasonable sense out of the gate whether you have a shot. If it looks like you don't, then you just don't offer your, your line to a candidate. That's number one. The second thing is people are right to be skeptical about the history of third-party candidacies in this country. I mean, we're set up as a two-party system. And to be clear, No Labels is not trying to blow up the two-party system. That's why we call this an insurance policy. This is, this is a single moment in time. Um, in a lot of ways, it would make us uh, happier than anything to not have to do this. But we feel like there's a need. And, and it's interesting you mentioned Perot in 92. Part of why we think this is different is if you go back to 1992, and we've studied that race a lot. First of all, Ross Perot was actually leading in the spring of that year. Then he suspended his campaign. Then he had a couple terrible moments in the campaign, including his vice president notably forgot where he was um, in the in the debate that he was in. Um, 
But in the end, he, he got 19 percent of the vote. But he was running against candidates that, in retrospect, were center-right and center-left mm-hmm. in Bill Clinton and George Bush Sr. I, I don't think it's a stretch for people out there to imagine 18 months from now candidates that are not remotely center-right, center-left, candidates that are not remotely mainstream in their disposition. And that's what we're trying to guard against. We'll talk with Ryan Clancy. If you want to learn more about No Labels, by the way, you can go to nolabels.org. Aside from the question about being a spoiler, the question I've gotten most often when I've talked to friends and family about what you're doing and when I've talked about it on the radio is, well, who's to determine who's extreme? And I think that's a fair question because there might be some people listening to us right now that think Joe Biden is a fairly moderate guy, either legislatively or temperamentally. And there might be some people that think that even Elizabeth Warren is kind of a a moderate person. Uh, Some folks may think Donald Trump is the most extreme of extremes. Other people will point to the fact that he adopted a lot of traditionally Democratic positions and that uh, they don't believe that he is extreme. Who's to determine whether the Democrats and or the Republicans are nominating divisive candidates, extremist candidates or candidates that are within the mainstream? Yeah. So I think the short answer to that is. Ultimately, no labels is not going to be the one deciding if the candidates are too extreme. Now, ultimately, we'd be the ones having to make a decision whether it makes sense and it's feasible to try to fill this ballot line. But we're going to be looking at what the sense of the public is over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. So if if you look at polls now, I mean, they're unmistakable. If you think about the kind of environment where you need an environment like this, or you need a, excuse me, an effort like this. It sort of starts with, okay, is the public really cranky and dissatisfied? And on every measure you can imagine, they are. Do they like Congress? No. Do they like the parties? No. Do they like the major figures in either party? No. Are they happy about the economy? No. Are they feeling good about where the direction of the country is? No. And so you look at those things and I think I'd, I'd question the premise of, of the question, which is, why is it that every election, so many elections, people say, I don't like the choices. Mm. I wish I got something better. And then somebody comes along and say, well, we're going to create a space where there's at least an option for something better. We're not going to apologize for that. I'll give you one final data point that I think will really hit people is in 2016 in the primaries, Between Hillary and Trump together in their primaries, they got 30 million votes. Well, there's 220 million or more registered voters in this country. So in effect, in 2016, 30 million people in the primaries decided for the other 190 million, here's your two choices. Are we happy with that? I mean, is is that how we want it to always be, that we're always going to be subjected to a very narrow set of choices? Um... A binary choice. In most elections, that's fine. But what if it isn't in this one? It's talking with Ryan Clancy from No Labels. Check out their website, nolabels.org. So in terms of mechanically how this process is going to work, I understand the independent petitioning process, I think, as well as most, better than most, I would say. But in terms of who's going to be the entity or the body that selects the no-labels presidential candidate, if there is to be one, how is that going to work? So we're still developing exactly how the process uh, will work, and that's only because there are so many different ways you can do it. So what we know is we we have like a North Star, which is 
The process has got to be transparent. It's got to be inclusive. But it's got to ensure you're going to get a candidate with no labels values on that ticket um, if you ultimately go forward. The kind of extremes you want to avoid is there's this sort of, on the one hand, a totally elite-driven process. It's like how the Vatican picks a pope, right. you know, like a couple people in a room. Mm-hmm. Here's your pope. Here's your president. That's really not going to work. On the other hand, you know, you can't do some sort of online free-for-all. There was actually a group that tried that about 10 years ago. Right, Americans elect. Yeah, and, right. you know, before you know it, it's like Britney Spears is on your on your ballot. No offense to Britney. Offense right, sure. to Brittany if people want her to run. but um, So you got to find that sweet spot in between. We have a team that's working on it, um, and there'll be more to come on w- that. Will a- individual rank-and-file members of the public be able to participate in that process of uh, select- of candidate selection or anything like that, so, or, or will they not? Uh, it'll likely be a universe of no-labels members. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, look, in the end, if we put somebody on the ticket, Every American's going to choose because they'll have a choice, a chance to vote for them in the general election. So if people want to join No Labels and potentially be a part of this process, the best way to do that is to go to the website? NoLabels.org is where you can become a member. Um, regular updates on this on the status of this whole project and um, would really encourage people to get involved. There are a couple of other entities that seem to be moving forward with a yep. similar option to what you're talking about in 2024. Uh, you have the uh, cryptocurrency billionaire Brock Pierce, who appear, appears to be moving in an independent direction. And then you have uh, this Andrew Yang, Christy Todd sure. Whitman, David Jolly forward party, which says they want to run candidates for everything, potentially including the presidency. Can you envision a scenario where no labels might partner with one or both of those groups? So right now, those groups are um, pursuing different strategies than we are. Um, and look, this is... The more the merrier, right? I mean, everybody who's got a good idea should have a chance to get in there and and offer it. Forward is, by and large part, trying to start an entirely new party from the ground up. Um, They're going to be running state and local candidates, state ledge, city council. We're not doing that. One of the things that has always defined no label since the beginning, and you kind of got at this earlier, yes, there are people in this movement that are sort of centrist or moderate, but they're from all across the political spectrum. And the idea, the whole idea behind no labels is you don't have to say, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican anymore. So um, you should be able to keep your political identity. The, the point is, is that that shouldn't be the, defi- the defining thing about us. I shouldn't think your idea is good or it sucks just because there's a D or an R in front of your name. So if I'm a Trump supporter or a Bernie Sanders supporter that's frustrated with the way Washington works, and there are many, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people voted for President Obama because they were sick of politics as usual, wanted to change. A lot of people voted for President Trump for the same reason. And in a lot of swing states, some of those were the same people that were the Obama-Trump voter in places like Michigan and Pennsylvania. If I'm a Trump supporter or a Sanders supporter... Am I somebody that uh, you'd feel comfortable being a member of No Labels? Uh, absolutely. With a, certain, with a, a, a key condition. It, it is not about what you believe in terms of policy. You might like some left-wing ideas. You might some might like some right-wing ideas. And that's how I am. I kind of like yeah. uh, one from column A, one from column B, like a Chinese menu of the, the ideology. Th- the thing that matters is your attitude. And it's do you on some basic level – believe that we live in a democracy. Um, nobody's going to get to be king or queen for a day. And so to get things done, typically, I'm going to have to work with other people, often ones that I disagree with. 
And that's kind of the organizing idea. If you talk to any of the members of like the Problem Solvers Caucus, they'll tell you, hey, there might be eight out of 10 issues where we really vehemently disagree. But why should that foreclose us from working on these two issues right, right here? Right. Um, and you've seen a lot of instances like that. W- one of the great examples, if you talk about like the right and the left coming together over the last couple of years, was criminal justice reform in 2018. That was a left and right wing coalition kind of meeting in the middle for different reasons. But they both got there. So who cares? Absolutely. Uh, you saw that. I and mean, there's a lot of examples in recent history, the stripping taxpayer money from the presidential nominating conventions, the stripping the tax exempt status away from the National Football League. The uh, just this week, the House uh, with that bipartisan bill reforming how mergers take place. Uh, there's a number of instances where where you see this both in domestic policy and foreign policy. So just to be clear, no Labels uh, is not looking to build a third party the no. way the forward party is. No, You're we're just not. looking to put out a third option for 2024. If we need it. And, uh, you know. If the public demands it and if the public needs it. it there are going to be, if the No Labels candidate gets uh, in excess of um, 5% of the vote federally, there's an opportunity for whoever the No Labels candidates would be four years after that to get some sort of federal funding. So it would almost seem like the better the no-labels candidate does, the more seeds that are planted for a future third-party movement. You're right. right. I mean, that's not not our goal, but you're right about that's how it works in most states. Um, You you have to go through this very arduous process, and we can bore your listeners with how to do that if you want. But it's really just signature gathering. Um, But if your candidate gets 5% of the vote or more, you're typically automatically automatically qualify for the next election. If you don't, you have to do the petition process over again. What's next? What's next in this whole process? Uh, So much of the coming months is this ballot access work. So here is a chance to explain it. I mean, this is a million and a half signatures or thereabouts you got to get over the over the course of the next 18 months. And different states have different deadlines. So there's some some states that you can do now. And we're doing that now. There's some states you can't do till next year different quarters the next year and there's some you can't do till right. 2024 York, for instance, can't start till 2024 correct and and there's wildly different requirements mm-hmm. like delaware if you get 900 signatures you're on the ballot texas you need 126,000. some you have to do it a, a certain amount in a certain number of counties so so much of what we'll be doing will just be the kind of legwork of getting signatures the other big thing we'll we'll be doing and this is why i'd encourage people to go on nolabels.org is really working to build up a movement behind this, like a true grassroots national movement um, that would ultimately be the fuel for, uh, you know, an independent campaign if it's needed. Yeah. No, I know how tough that process is to get a candidate on the ballot in all 50 states and how expensive it is, which is why uh, you're going to have folks that are worried that you're going to throw the election to Donald Trump, accuse you of being funded by right wing sources and folks that uh, are worried that you're going to throw the uh, election and cost Joe Biden the election, accusing you of, um, you know, funding from or, you know, vice versa. You get it. Both sides of the extreme. If we're getting it from both the extremes, we're probably doing something right. No, I think this is very exciting. Uh, I uh, am for more choices and more voices and always have been. And I definitely encourage people to learn more about what you're doing by going to nolabels.org. Ryan Clancy, thank you so much. Keep us posted as this process unfolds. Thanks, Frank. If you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue straight ahead. 
The Other Side of Midnight. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.